Hello, this is the Scum and Sneak fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty fantasy football league that we are all in. Sneak, it is almost August, which means it is almost officially football time, which we say every week just because we're so excited, but we're saying it again. Hello, hello, hello. I am very, very excited for this episode. I'm very, very excited for training camp notes and news. And yes, we are officially like 40 days or so from the start of the season. Drafts are coming up. It's at, it's here and we can't even act like it's not here anymore. So uh, I'm excited to jump in and uh, really you got to dive into those meat and taters of, of the, the Scum and Sneak Show, what we do best. I love it. This is when we can really, one, get people to actually care because now that we actually have like camp reports, we have stuff rolling. And like you said, we're, you know, less than two months from, from actual games, which is great. Super exciting. What's the opener this year? Do you remember? Uh, Bills Rams. Okay. Okay. Uh, not as fun as we've had in the past. I know there's like, I think the past two openers, we've both been like super excited because man, a lot for dynasty, they were super fun games, but we'll still be plugged into that one. So should be a high scoring affair at least. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's lots of fantasy players on both those sides, high powered offenses. You know, sometimes you come into Thursday night games where people, there's not a lot of people who own players because they're random and maybe one or two here, but everyone's going to own the whole offenses on both sides. So it, uh, it should be really, really fun. I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, hopefully we can get ourselves into uh, some of that stuff. That's Jeff. Well, Sneak, let's get into it. We've got, uh, we've got a rookie mock draft today. We talked about rookies a couple weeks ago, but with the LV Dynasty draft coming up, supposedly on Sunday. I don't know. Brandon hasn't really told us that much yet. Do nothing, Kamish. Yeah, is he just is, is that just what it is? If we just the draft just starts on Sunday and there you go. I mean, he'll probably text us all this week and change it, but who knows? So we've got to we've got to go off of the information we have mm-hmm. and prep the league, prep prep all the listeners for for their rookie drafts too, because I'm sure they're going to get kicking up here soon. So we'll do that. Well, we'll talk about how we're going to do it once we start it. But first, Shnake, we've got to do a nonsense minute. Mm-hmm. I've got a good one for you, I think. It might be one of our most niche nonsense minutes ever. But I don't care. It's our show. We can do what we want. All right. I'm ready. So there's, at least for me, and like what I've been seeing, there's been like a little bit of an emo resurgence. There was that picture of the Wendy's logo remodel with a fun like emo haircut uh-huh. and then the ringer you know a popular website this week is doing emo week so they just did i read an article yesterday about them naming the most important emo song from each year since like the 80s but my question to you sneak is what is the best emo song ever <laughs> ever of all time of all time no and all of, i mean i think both of our answers are going to come from a pretty specific range of like 2002 to 2006. But I, I do think for me, that's when the genre peaked. 
that was the height of it. It's when, when the most people were into it. So, but if yours does not come from that time, then, you know, knock me over. Shock me. Let me see. The, the, first, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I, I don't even know if it's emo, is escape the fate. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, Situations, I, I mean, that is just an all-time classic. Situations are irrelevant now. She loves the way that I emo fans out there that used to go to those random shows and random locations and um, just just loving loving the life back then just back my complete lunatic huge <laughs> yeah i guess that's gonna have to be my answer for now that is an amazing that is a, such a good question caught me off guard on that one but that is so fun i'm excited to hear yours and excited to hear hopefully on what uh, our listeners will chime in on this one probably just make fun of us probably just make fun of us but i mean if you guys weren't listening to escape the fate or taking back sunday or my chemical romance or the used back in the day what was wrong with you yeah you weren't enjoying the culture the culture But my my pick, my all-time favorite, the one I listened to the most, was the classic by Hawthorne Heights, Ohio is for Lovers. the epitome the pinnacle i don't know it doesn't get much better for me so that is my pick oh that's a good one that is a good one i just cry and the, the funny part is i never like never had the haircut you know didn't really do much except for just crushing and listening to the music over and over again it was great well, you were more of just, you were more so you were more of just like the mental internal yes, emo. Exactly. <laughs> I was a I was an inner emo, not an outward. <laughs> you were an inner emo, not an outer emo. That's fun, man. Is that like a thing that's going on right now where like emo is like making a comeback other than those those examples you mentioned, I haven't really seen it. No, I, I, I'm just saying for me, the things I've seen, but I mean, I would love if it did come back. There is actually that that festival here in, in Las Vegas, the when we were young, and it's like all those bands from uh-huh. that time. Uh, like I said, My Chemical Romance is there, Paramore is going to be there. Like, I think Secondhand Serenade, Armor for Sleep, all these like deep cut, like random ones that <laughs> we were into. Love it. I think. Oh, what about from Autumn to Ashes? Autumn's model. That is that is probably my all-time favorite. I'm changing my answer. All-time favorite. I would listen to that freaking thing on just repeat. It was so good. I don't know how I didn't think about that one. That one was, for those of you that don't, that don't know, one of the most popular albums or mixtapes in our school was called Shanique Music. And it was just full of sad emo songs. 
And <laughs> that's a badge of honor. I wear proudly. <laughs> but that was that song was the highlight of that mixtape for sure. I can I can picture it right now. I got I got that burnt CD, some snake music written on there. Dude, I for sure I should for sure still have it somewhere. I have you, it. That was the premiere album in all of school. But you probably sold you probably sold twenty <laughs> copies. Oh. I'm gonna listen to that later. I gotta find a CD player. I don't know, like, what has a CD player anymore? Maybe I go buy a boombox. Can you get a boombox anymore? Probably at like a thrift store. <laughs> oh gosh, a freaking Walkman. Is there any Walkmans out there in um, circulation still? I don't know, but everyone, go find one. Go find a Walkman. Go find a boombox. Pop in your Snake Music CD. And let us know what your favorite emo song is. Yeah, have a good time with that. Oh, love reminiscing about that, but let's keep the show rolling here. Let's move on to everyone's new favorite segment, Tank Facts. Tank Facts. We're coming at you with facts about tanks. Now, Shanique, my tank fact this week is about the term tank top. Oh my gosh, dude, that's mine. No way. <laughs> We're going to share this one because I don't have another one prepared. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Maybe it wasn't the same one, but the the origins of the term come, it's it started or it's traced back to the 1920s from the term tank suit. So dudes were wearing, you know, their like sleeveless uh, one piece bathing little singlet, like a wrestling thing. And it was called that because it was worn in a swimming tank before it was called the pool. I'm freaking dead. That was my tank back. <laughs> I had the same thing ready to go, dude. That is that is freaking funny. So I'm gonna pivot a little bit here, and, and my tank back is also about <laughs> tank tops. And the the biggest Fact or the biggest reason that tank tops were ever created is just to keep you cool in the summer <laughs> because they're sleeveless, lightweight, and and provide plenty of movement and breathability when you're either swimming, hiking, walking, relaxing at home. They give you the freedom of movement, and they are um, they could be even fashionable if you really if you really want it to be. So that. Sometimes you just got to put on your tank, keep it cool, ride it out, and just, you know, head off into that sunset with your tank. Oh, I still wear my Loveless City tank top. You do. I saw that picture. <laughs> I used to have a bunch of those. And then, you know, uh, not, to, not to shame one of our favorite companies from the past, but it fell apart pretty quickly. Yeah. I was. And, uh, I've got a huge rip down the side, and the heart is, like, just molded and into like a little squishy you can't even tell what it is anymore but that's the only loveless city 
clothing that I still have in circulation. Everything else is pristinely packed and boxed away for to show off my to my kids mm, once for day. posterity <laughs> or for the comeback. Oh my gosh, man! <clears throat> tank tops, tank backs. This is a uh, the best segment we've ever <laughs> tank backs. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for what happens next week. None of us can. Keep your ears open and yeah, tank facts with new music again this week, Jimbo. Yeah. Keep your eyes or keep your eyes peeled and your ears open. They never know what uh, tank music we're going to throw at you next. All right, Shink, let's, uh, we're kind of zipping through here, but we've got a lot to talk about with the mock upcoming. So let's take a break and hear a word from a sponsor. This week's episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you from the past. We're throwing it all the way back to 2011, 2012. And we're sponsored this week by Loveless City Incorporated. Do you want the premier streetwear to wear with your Sperry's, with your boat shoes? Do you want to look cool on your college campus? with the Loveless City High Logic crossover tee? My gosh. Do you need tank top that shows your hate for LeBron James, calling him a flaming ball sack? (laughs) Well, Loveless City is the company for you. Make sure you follow them on Facebook? MySpace? MySpace? Check out their text Brandon to order a shirt or a hat and make sure you wear your lovely city proudly around Las Vegas to show no love and we're back <laughs> no no more money lovely city <laughs> oh my gosh this is shaping up to be a great episode I hope everyone's appreciating this right now holy smokes what's your guy uh, Brett up to these days <laughs> Does anyone well, know probably either in jail or dead Actually, I heard he has a kid. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. He must be doing good then. Thumbs yeah. up. I think he's doing better. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Let's get into this mock. Jack. Let's do got this mock. 24 right, so. picks to go over here. We're going to be here all day. We're pros. We got this. So, like we said, we talked about a lot of these rookies a little while ago, so we won't spend too much time doing that, uh, at least for repeats. But yeah. we're going to go down. The first two rounds of the LV Dynasty draft, we're gonna we already did this mock uh, beforehand so that we could streamline it for you guys. But we will talk about these picks, talk about why they might make sense for each team. And I mean, we'll see here, like I said, in in about a week if if we're right, if some of these picks come to fruition, if you guys, those of you drafting, uh, agree with us. But yeah, Sheik, any other uh, any other lead-in that you want to do for this? Give the people some context? No, like you said, we're just going to go on, on what we've mocked the first two rounds, uh, what we expect to happen. And like you said, we've talked about a lot of these rookies. We've gone, into, and we've gone pretty in-depth on where they've already landed in their NFL teams and what that'll bring. Um, but I think basically right now we'll be talking about where we expect them to be drafted, uh, and if it was, like you said, a need, uh, a want, a luxury pick, 
or something, you know, for a future asset, just whatever it may be. We'll just kind of go down, think of it as just a regular old mock draft show. Uh, we'll say where they're going. We'll have a little conversation about it. And uh, I think that's uh, kind of the gist. All right, let's do it. Start off at the top with what my notes here say freaking Brendan has the first pick. Do nothing yeah. commit. Somehow, somehow, some way, he's got the first pick. It's, uh, it's not fair. It's big, dumb, but it's going to be Brees Hall. I mean, that one's a pretty easy call to make, right? Yeah, super easy call. Uh, number one running back in the draft. You, you got to snag him. Uh, it's not like Brendan needs any running backs. Uh, but he has to make the move. He has to make the call. He probably is thinking if he's going to have a good year, maybe he'll be just a trade asset, or maybe he'll replace one of his sort of aging running backs. We'll we'll see how that plays out. But Brees goes number one to Brandon. Yeah, easy call there. And we've talked about Brees on that on that one episode. We like him. We think he'll be good. But since Brandon's getting him, hopefully he is not good. All right, let's move on to the number two pick, Jimbo who is likely targeting the the big physical receiver in this draft, Drake London, who we did talk about too, but Jim just made the deal for Aaron Jones. He has Travis Etienne, so his running back core is, is pretty stable, I would say, and he looks to kind of get a future wide receiver one, um, someone with a lot of upside, especially like we talked about, if the Falcons do upgrade their quarterback next year. So... Maybe not as much of a win now pick, but definitely Jim gearing up to to be good for uh, for a period of time here. Yeah, Drake London has huge upside, like we mentioned, huge outs, huge body frame, six five. Uh, the highlight reel and tape from his time at USC shows uh, that he can play all the he can run all the routes. Just hoping that his and that translates to the NFL game. And like you mentioned, it's going to be the biggest question of the Falcons upgrade at that quarterback position. Uh, but regardless, him and Pitts in that offense are going to command all the targets. So he should have a decent rookie year. And Jimbo's looking to solidify that receiving core with that number one. Uh, and that's you know, that's what you do at the number at that number two pick. When we do in this top round, you just you you play off potential and hope that you're picking guys and players that are going to be. Uh, stalwarts on your team for at least a good five years or so and, and London is showing that he should have that p- potential there at the number two pick yep we got a we got a little run here picks three through five from big sneak yeah you're finally getting to make a draft pick haven't done that in a long time and you kick it off and I don't I mean you don't have to tell us exactly what the order is going to be but I think the consensus and like what we think and based off of your fandom of Ohio State, the, the next two receivers off the board are going to be Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, you know, whatever order. But uh, you, again, same idea. Gear up to have a solid receiving core for a long time. You know, you're still coming out, rebuilding the team. So running back at, at these picks, at least, might not be the best long-term strategy. So you go with these top-end receivers, guys you like. Um, anything you want to say about that without obviously giving away too much of your your thing? Yeah, that's pretty much where my where mind is at right now. Those two guys, you know, with you said I got the three through five picks, so it's gonna I'm not gonna be passing up on them. I like I mentioned in a previous show, I like both their spots in the NFL right now. I think they both have clear paths to either one or that kind of 
really felt one one B spot uh, on their teams. Uh, I think they had great production out of college. Uh, they were both drafted high in the drafts, and the teams that they they got, the Saints and the Jets, are definitely going to be using them and wanting them to be their guy, if not a huge part of the offense. I don't think I can go wrong here. Uh, there are some detractors out there that they think they're not as good or that their situations aren't as good as maybe I'm hyping them up to be, but I don't really know where else that my options could be here right now. Running back in this draft are a little shaky after Brees, so I just tell myself I'm going to load up on receivers. Uh, I like these guys. I've liked them for a while, and uh, that's that's uh, probably where I'm going to go unless something crazy happens and I can maybe move these picks if someone comes at me with some trades during, during slow draft. But, uh, yeah, Wilson and Olave, three and four. Uh, I'm the Olave retractor you mentioned. That's me. But <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think you brought up a, a good point there where this, this draft is stronger – for the wide receivers than it is running backs. And when you get here to pick five, I think a lot of leagues will kind of have this same question. Do you go after that second ranked running back in Kenneth Walker, or do you try to hit on one of these receivers again after the top three have gone? What, you know, whatever your top three is, maybe you find, or maybe you have a situation in, in another league where uh, a receiver you like and have ranked, higher than Olave or something falls here. But again, this is your pick. This may or may not come to fruition, but what is, what is the hypothetical move here? Still load up on receiver, not, not believing in Kenneth Walker, or do we take that shot at the second best running back here, especially because there's a potential drop off after, after Walker. Yeah, this is, this is my biggest, question mark here i literally on my side of this mock i have a question mark uh you make the two good points do i go with walker and hope that he becomes the guy at least next year i, I you know carson gone in seattle penny everyone's talking about penny's gonna be the guy now finally but i don't have any faith there or do i just stick receivers and say you know try to get a running back later or just say there's no running backs for me this year i'm gonna load up on the potential receivers i personally have a question mark here so it could be Walker, it could be Burks, it could be Jameson Williams, it could be, I don't know. For me, I don't know. Who did you have me picking here on your side of this mock? Yeah, so my ranks and my, if it were my pick, would be Traylon Burks here. So that kind of fits what you're saying. It'd be a receiver. And I don't, we didn't really talk about Traylon Burks on the rookie episode, did we? No. Because he's not in that like big group for most people. Um yeah, he's got an injury history pass. I think a lot of criticism in college at Arkansas. He got a lot of gadget-type plays where he didn't show off, like, route-running precision, you know, like the Ohio State guys. It was kind of like kind of like Debo Samuel usage, um, a lot of behind the scrimmage, and just let him be bigger, faster, stronger than the defenders or, uh, again, like, just not he didn't show off like a route tree i guess is is the thing but i mean the reasons why we like drake london could apply to to Traylon burks there there were the reports early on about him um, not being in shape not having good conditioning partly related to asthma but i think that's all just kind of like 
off season, we're bored and looking for something. So I believe in Traylon Burks. The Titans obviously believe in Traylon Burks because they traded away AJ Brown and said we're we're fine to you know replace him essentially with Traylon Burks. So is it a foregone conclusion that he can do that? No, because we know that AJ Brown is a really talented, um, pretty proven wide receiver in the league. But yeah, all for all those things I just said, I I would take Traylon Burks there, and I think he will pay off uh, that pick equity. Yeah, I, I like that. It's just right now that's just the biggest question mark for me. And yeah. I think that's going to be the hardest pick that I make if I make it at all. So uh, be prepared, slow drafters, uh, that that number five pick, it's either up for grabs or it's going to be a lot of – it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, a lot could change, yeah, for sure. But so in this mock, we got Eric at six, and he just falls into probably his ideal situation with Jameson Williams being there. Eric is a Lions fan. Eric has the luxury of being able to wait on a rookie who doesn't have to play this year, who you know can rehab, and he can kind of count on the, the long-term prospects of Jameson Williams. So I feel like if, if you're not picking him at five, Eric would probably take him there just because of, again, the, the Detroit fandom and the fact that he, you know, gets a, a high-end prospect or a, a high-ceiling prospect to, to wait on. Agreed. Lions fan, all the things you said, the, the luxury to wait. Whatever, I think right now with these next couple of picks, whatever happens at five is, is it's the Ernie and the Ben pick coming up are going to be no-brainers. So, agree, Jameson Williams goes there uh, to earn at six overall. Well, it's funny that you say Ben's pick here at seven is going to be a no-brainer because I think, again, who knows what Ben's thinking because he won't talk to anyone. He won't, he won't show his cards. But we know that Ben is a big Seahawks fan, so Kenneth Walker is sitting there in our mock. But he also has been pretty committed to the Buffalo Bills backfield in, in recent drafts and on his team. So James Cook is also sitting here. You know, kind of just to go off of that real quick, you know, he's showed the commitment to the Bills uh, with Singletary and Moss. Does he stay there and go with James Cook and say, I've got to have that backfield no matter what it turns out to be? Or does he go to the fandom, Kenneth Walker? I predict he goes Kenneth Walker if uh, if he's on the board, uh, and he probably will just deal with what he has to deal with on the backfield of the the Bills, or just eventually kind of move off of that and not really care if he's at that backfield or not. Yeah, never mind, because he does have Rashad Penny too. So either way, he's getting a a valuable running back mate to to people that he already has. So. Walker is the more upside one. And like you said, it's a no-brainer. So, And then we come back to you, Sneak, at pick eight. And I think what we see now is we kind of enter a range where you just have to kind of like pick your your favorite guy. Um, And maybe it also plays into positional need because the, the next group, there's more question marks, right, than the guys that we've already talked about. Obviously, there always is like a, a tier of both running back and receiver. So I think we've we've passed the top tier for each of those. So with your team, I think since you went three wide receivers first 
three picks in the first round. I think you do you do entertain the running back position here, just one to to field that position this year and also maybe catch some upside with the brother of someone that you used to have, someone that you used to really enjoy being on your team. So Dalvin's little brother, James Cook, I think falls through here at eight and would be the pick. Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. If I go three straight wide receivers, I'd have to probably throw a running back in there just so I say that I've got a running back because right now my running backs are non-existent. So I got to play on the hope that James Cook does get into that offense in some capacity this year. And then maybe next year, the Bills, if they're happy with what they see out of Cook, they can get rid of one of those other guys and Cook becomes more of a really integral part of that offense. But yeah, I've got to feel the running back. So I might as well take a, take a pick here at number eight with that running back. And James Cook is probably going to be your best one available. Yeah, I would, I would say so for sure. At least best offense available. So might as well get a piece of, piece of that. Um, rather than taking a shot on some of these others, but we will talk about those here coming up. So um, pick nine is big T. So what do you, I, this again, like I said, we're kind of in a mush of, of players here. So, well, I guess we'll just get into it. Um, so we have Tyler taking Christian Watson Two stack with Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe not a great long-term thing to count on because we're looking we're looking at the end of Aaron Rodgers' career here sooner rather than later. But Christian Watson, we didn't talk about him on the rookie episode, but he's got a wide range of possibilities this year. He could be, you know, really good. He could be one of the top two receivers for the Packers, or he could just be terrible. But He's their highest drafted receiver, uh, and who knows how long. He dominated the the Senior Bowl, or like, at least was the talk of the town there. So since we didn't talk about him on the rookie episode, what's your opinion on Christian Watson? You want to say that he's going to you know, be really good at the Packers. Uh, they don't have Devontae Adams anymore, so they they got, they got to have receivers and right Rogers has to just say I've got to turn him into the number one guy they drafted him uh he's got the big body frame so you gotta hope and and that he's gonna be at least thrown in there given all the opportunity whether he can turn that into good production or not maybe he does suck and, and isn't just like a good player but I think all the opportunity is shining the light saying here you go you've got Aaron Rodgers you've got really no other uh, receiving competition, go out there and win that job and go out there and, and show us what you got. Uh, that's what the hope is there. T with the pick there makes sense, trying to stack with Rodgers. I think a running back pick here is going to be just in the the dead zone, kind of all uh, where he doesn't want to make the mistake again with Keyshawn Vaughn. So he's going to go for a receiver. You know, you, there's more upside on these receivers than there is probably on the running back. So yeah, make that pick and hope for the best. I don't know if what that best looks like but with Rodgers there and hopefully the guy has got enough skill to become something worthwhile it's kind of hard to make that prediction but I think you just have to go into this pick and Watson in general thinking okay well if it doesn't work then 
it's not going to be because they didn't give him the opportunity. And I'm and I'm predicting that they're going to give him all that opportunity in the world and what see what he can do with it. Yeah. So Tyler takes Christian Watson, and then Wade follows him up at pick ten, and we have him taking another question mark or you know not a sure thing but not that any of these players are going to be but Wade takes Sky Moore here wide receiver for the Chiefs and tries to find that potential Tyreek Hill replacement yeah again at this pick number 10 Wade is playing on the Chiefs offense Mahomes uh, the vacated Tyreek Hill and the rookie receiver coming in here, playing that role, playing the speedster, playing the in and out guy, playing the easy catch run after, you know, they plan on that run after the, the catch type role that the can't, the Chiefs are probably going to incorporate with Sky Moore. I, I don't really, I mean, I kind of haven't looked at Wade's team recently. I, I don't know if he's still in the, the, where he doesn't really have running backs. So maybe he, Maybe he takes a flyer on a on a Pierce or a Spiller here, but I think you just play off again, kind of with Watson. You play off the Mahomes, the offense, the Chiefs, and hope that Sky Moore is the guy uh, that can turn into something. Uh, I think he has a a lot more. I think Sky Moore is going to be more of a down the line player because I think the Chiefs currently have a little bit more options on receiving than the Packers do. So if I were to compare the two, I would. Probably lean on Watson right now because of the the tail end of Rogers' career. Get him, a, you know, someone that he can rely on. I think Sky Moore can be a little bit more development, a little bit more. He's not going to, you know, if Watson turns into what he can turn into, he's going to be out there probably in all at least two wide receiver sets. I don't see Sky Moore being out there unless it's three or four wide receiver sets. So, you know. Wade has other receiving options, but it, you know, with the, with this pick, you just you're playing off of that hope for the potential. Yeah, the thing is, Wade doesn't really need this pick, so I don't know if he's willing to deal it or not. But you know, if if someone out there likes Sky more, or someone else that we haven't you know talked about yet, maybe that's one that is attainable because Wade has a pretty solid team. He was up near the top of the ranks all year last year. So he could make a run. Maybe he feels like he needs another piece that he would be willing to part with um, his 10th pick for, because again, like you said, he's, if he takes Sky Moore, if he takes, takes really anyone else here, um, it's a project that he has to wait on. It doesn't help him potentially win this year. So I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. I I don't, I, I'm going to predict that Wade doesn't move this pinky. doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be no. in the middle of slow draft, like fielding offers. He's going to say, Oh, it's my pick. Uh, yeah. Sky more. Like <laughs> I just think that's just kind of how he is as a, as a person. Yeah. And, uh, that's just what's going to happen there. Yeah. You're right. Probably. All right. Picks 11 and 12. Go to Ernie Fritz, our reigning champion. And again, like we said with Wade just, just now, he doesn't need these picks. He's got a great team already. But since he uh, actively traded for them, I think he's going to want to make them. And again, like we said with the Jameson Williams pick, he can just wait on some projects here and feel comfortable doing that. Um, like with what were we talking about? Like with Tyler, we kind of, he, or we picked Christian Watson because that was the most likely producer this year um, until I was trying to kind of get back into speeding a little bit, but 
Eric can just sit on some projects, um, try to strike gold. So for him, we mocked two receivers, uh, Jahan Dotson, the other first round, you know, draft capital receiver left, and then George Pickens, who we talked about last week, who, you know, could be the Steelers' plan um, at receiver moving forward. Yeah, for me, between the two, Pickens is the better prospect. Uh, I, I don't know anything about Jahan Dock. I never even heard of him uh, before he was drafted or anything like that. And, and the Redskins uh, drafted his cousin. Commanders. Oh, <laughs> I guess the Redskins at the time, yeah. <laughs> they drafted uh, Dachshund. <laughs> it's a little bit different uh, uh, spelling there, but I like the Pickens pick better here and Obviously, I traded these two picks for uh, Rashad Bateman. Again, maybe it was a mistake, but my mind was telling me who I get here and who I and then what I think is going to come out of Bateman being the number one in the Ravens. It was, you know, Bateman was going to be, you know, better upside, better production, at least for the next year or two than who I would have gotten here. But I agree with you on these on these picks. I like the Pickens pick more than the Dotson pick. I think the Dotson pick more of a dart throw uh, with the Commanders and what that offense could look like in the next couple of years. You could make the you could maybe make the case for one of these running backs. If, but I think Ernie and a lot of us in drafts, if we're not drafting kind of surefire running backs at this point, that you don't if you don't need it then you might as well wait until the next draft when you've got a little bit more of that surefire running back. I don't. I don't know if he goes, you know, Rashad White or, you know, maybe maybe the San Francisco guy just because of the offense that the 49ers always have some new running back every year. So maybe he'll strike gold with this Tyron Davis price for a year and something or other. But I like the picks here, you know, and, and Ernie's team is so unbelievably good that he can make whatever pick here he wants and it's not going to be consequential. He just, you know, it's luck of the draw at this point he makes the picks hopefully they work out maybe he can trade them you know Ernie's proven to be a really savvy trader in the league so we'll see what happens here uh maybe I'll regret that I don't have these two picks at the end and Bateman isn't good but I would rather throw my bat my eggs into Bateman right now going into this year with Jackson and hopefully becoming the one there if I was in this spot, Pickens would have probably been one of those picks as well. So right, but again, like you said, if you're looking at a two-year window, this year Pickens still has to compete with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. So he's probably going to see the field, but I mean, he's definitely third, I think, at least right now. Whereas like you said Bateman is the one, uh, and pretty clearly over. Proche and Duvernay and whoever else is there. Yeah. So, I still support your trade. I know. You always support me. Always. So that's our first round. Let's do a quick rundown before we move into the second. So our mm-hmm. mock says the first round will go Brees Hall, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, Christian Moore, Oh, sorry, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, and George Pickens. So Christian Moore and Sky Watson. Christian Sky Watson Moore Pickens, the third. That'll Love be the guy here. Yeah. And again, the biggest question mark I think is going to come down to to me at that five. 
uh, right. That kind of swings know. everything. I think it swings a lot, at least for those next two picks. And then what I do at eight could possibly swing uh, the end there. But I think we're we're pretty dang close on what uh, we've got going on here. Maybe all of these picks will get traded around somehow or another. And, uh, uh, you know, people will jump in here. We'll maybe... It'll all change, but uh, this is this is where we mocked round one. Honestly, that's the hope too. Like that's why we have a slow draft. Like get like target a guy, go for it, or try to make something happen. Or if you're Wade, Ben, kind of even Eric, like you don't need a rookie. You need someone to help your team this year to win. So you know, move on from it. But again, that's not very likely. So probably won't see much movement, and it'll be boring. And, uh, Nah. 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 Right, let's, move, let's move on to the second round. This is where you can, you know, really find a little sneaky, like sneaky value and kind of change your fortunes, or you can just waste the pick. So fun, fun times. And uh, hopefully you give me 203. We're talking about it. But at 201, we got Big T. And it's funny that you mentioned a little earlier um, – his perceived mistake of Kashawn Vaughn because we have him mocked here to, to take the next Kashawn Vaughn, Rashad White, <laughs> rookie running back for the Bucks. Um, I think this pick kind of even gets solidified or locked in a little more with the recent Leonard Fournette news. Like if, if Leonard Fournette doesn't get back in the shape, we think he will, we think he'll be fine. But if he doesn't and they, you know, he just doesn't perform on the field. Um, I think Rashad White is the next guy up, or at least is the freshest guy they have, and they would at least give him some run, see if he's got any juice. So, um, you know, high upside here pick for Tyler uh, after already making a, a first-round pick. So he also needs running backs. He's one of the better guys left. So I think this pick just kind of just kind of fits, even though, you know, it's not – you don't have a lot of confidence in it, but there is the potential still. Yeah, once you get into the second round with, I feel like not the deepest of rookie drafts right now is that uh, T's got to make this pick. And I don't think the any new Tampa Bay running back is going to be uh, good until Brady is gone. He's going to want Fournette. He's going to want Geo. He's going to want the proven guys in there. Uh, or the the veterans, it, it, it not even maybe proven, but just veterans. He's, I don't think he's gonna want to rely on someone like Rashad White who has to learn so much coming in right away. So yeah, maybe Rashad White is the guy for the next in the next two or three years. Right now, I think you're not making this pick for the right now. You're playing off of hopes and dreams. Uh, but T with the pick here at Rashad White running back to the Bucks. Uh, yeah, he's. He's got to do it. He doesn't have any running backs. You got to start throwing hope on some of these guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, pick two in the second round belongs to Eric. And I think you were kind of touching on this with those picks 11 and 12. He could choose uh, the person we have marked here at those, but I think he could wait because there's only Tyler in between his picks. But he probably goes Isaiah Spiller here, if not at 12, just to, to get that running back who, you know, had some college production, who was a highly ranked recruit, and who now is the backup to Austin Eckler, who, who Eric has. So you know, summer of handcuffs. Uh, I think this pick makes a lot of sense, and it really just comes down to when he makes it. 
Yeah, some are handcuffs. He's got Eckler now. Might as well go get Spiller. Any relation to CJ Spiller? I looked into that, and it seems like no, but I wish because I loved CJ Spiller. <laughs> yeah, I remember, dude. You were you. I thought I'm on like CJ Spiller is lightning, and he kind of was like a couple times. <laughs> I think the I think the biggest upside for Spiller, like you said, backing up Eckler, the Chargers are are they use their running backs very well in the running game and in the passing game. I don't know what Spiller's pedigree is in the passing game, but if there was to be an injury at Eckler, I mean, this is an amazing handcuff and guy to have going into that Chargers offense. Uh, so, and again, Bernie somehow has four of the top 15 picks. I know I gave him two of them, but he's got the, he's got luxury beyond. He's just playing with house money at this point. Like yeah. he can make the picks make the picks. They don't turn out. It really it doesn't do anything to them. I mean, you know, if, if my picks or any of the picks that T makes, or even you could make the case for like a Ben, like if these picks don't turn out, then it's like, okay, you just don't have any hope and you have to start over again. Someone like Ernie or someone like, yes, maybe even Brendan or whoever's taking over Matt's team, you know, you make these picks and they don't work out. You've still got such a loaded roster that it's yeah. not as detrimental. Right, you're not, like you're myself, not all in and like on he, It doesn't work. It, it's horrible. But if it doesn't work for Ernie, it's like, ah, whatever. He, I mean, he did this last year or the year before when he made 100 picks and like 75% of them didn't work and he still won the championship. Like they were all guys that didn't really produce or they're, you know, still a year or two away. They didn't hamper him at all. So the Spiller pick, yeah, makes sense. Backup Eckler and Spiller could be in line for crazy production if Eckler goes down. Yeah, for sure, if he goes down. And I think the Chargers are, you know, speaking from, like, I, I'm i trying to figure out what they're doing just as a fan of the team. Um, Justin Jackson still remains unsigned. They don't like Josh Kelly. Larry Roundtree was a seventh-rounder, I think, or sixth-rounder last year. So they're looking for that complimentary piece to Austin Eckler. And I think they they want it to be Isaiah Spiller. You know, if he performs is going to be the question, but they're going to give him the opportunity at least to be that guy. So, you know, he could even have some some value if Eckler doesn't get hurt. You know, low end, but could be something somebody that gets ten to twelve touches a game still. Yeah, and at the running back spot, like it's you know, it's not nothing. Yep. All right, back to Big Snake at 203. And we have you just, again, you, you went heavy at receiver early on. So trying to fill out that running back room a little more, trying to take advantage of some potential volume here. And also pairing it with your boy, Davis Mills. You take running back Damian Pierce here in the second round. Yeah, I'm really excited if this happens in the draft. I, I just, I feel good about him. He doesn't have a lot of competition in Houston. Houston is not expected to compete or anything like that. So fantasy-wise, you know, unless they're down 100 points every game and they're not running the ball, I still think even if that were to be the case, the way that that team is going to probably operate is that they might, they're might they probably still going to run it. Uh, I like Davis Mills. I, I like Cooks. And if I can get Pierce here, I'd be super happy. I think he could be a sneaky diamond in the rough running back for that team. If only for a year or two, Sure, so be it. But I I think if Pierce can hit a little bit, kind of like uh, uh, maybe a Gibson from past where, like, you know, you get a couple good years out of him. And then I don't think the Texans are going to be a team since they have so many holes that they don't look for running back unless it's going to be like a fifth or sixth round guy 
I think next year they're going to fill probably defensive holes or offensive line holes or maybe receiver holes. I don't see that the, this team moving off of Pearson unless he is just a complete bust. But I like the pick here, and I'm excited if I can get Pierce and hope for him to at least be a goal line type short yardage guy. I know he doesn't have the biggest breakaway speed, but he was he was sparsely used at Florida, so he's fairly fresh as well. So I uh, I'm excited for this pick if I can make this happen. And then uh, depending on what I did in the early rounds, I could potentially get you know two running backs, three receivers, or three receivers, two however picks shakes out with these uh, with these picks. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and to your point too, if Damian Pierce, a lot of people are projecting him to be the starter from the get-go, but even if he's not, uh, his competition is Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. So down the line, they're either going to get hurt or it's just going to be like, all right, let's let the rookie show us what he can do. You know, So he's going to get playing time, and where we are with the running backs in this draft class, they might as well target volume here because they're all kind of in the same class now of, of skill, talent, draft capital, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Nearing the end here. And maybe we're getting into some names that people are less familiar with, but Hey, you got to know them. You got to at least, you know, have some level of, uh, of awareness to them because maybe they are guys you can target in another rookie draft or, late rounds in a redraft, um, maybe people you end up doing research on and like and want to go after it in this draft. So, you know, just hear us out. <laughs> 204, T picks. We go back-to-back Pierce's, and he takes Alec Pierce on the Colts. Uh, big-time speedster paired with uh, a reliable quarterback in Matt Ryan. And not a lot of competition for targets outside of Michael Pittman. You know, there's word that Paris Campbell is back. We'll believe it when we see it because it's been yeah, heard that before. Yeah, four years I think of that. So, um, and even after that, Pierce can still be the third wide receiver because it's Ashlyn Doolin, or uh, I don't even think they've re-signed T.Y. Hilton yet. So I, you know, I don't know if he's even going to be in the mix. So. Definitely opportunity there. And again, the speed is what a lot of NFL teams are going after. So again, Tyler's taking a shot here, trying to see if he can get something. And we're all, again, we're all kind of just in the same range of, of potential here now. So yeah, for me, get these, these picks right here are going to be a lot of players that I'm not super familiar with. And I think a lot of the league is going to be like, kind of like, oh yeah, maybe or okay. Uh, you know, kind of this very slight knowledge. And I like, you know, for me, it's going to be, like you said, the Colts offense, no, nobody real besides Pittman. And I know, you know, Mo Allen Cox got the contract, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, who else is there to pick? I mean, it's a, basically it's a rookie draft. Like you got to pick somebody. And I guess unless there's some reason why <laughs> someone would not keep a veteran guy. Yeah. We're talking, this is all going to be rookies at this point. And so, uh, yeah, you got to, I don't really have anything much to say. I don't really even know who this person is. So. Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, he was a second rounder, maybe a third, but pretty high draft capital. And again, the Colts needed receivers. So there, there's a chance here. Yeah. I'm sure Tyler's going to like a, a fast white guy. Like, hello. Yeah. How can you not? So we got Goosh here, and uh, I think, I mean, 
He's surprised us in the past, but I think it's a pretty straightforward pick. Uh, Niners running back, Tyrion Davis-Price, just because he's a Niner, because it's a running back, and that team refuses to actually commit to anybody. You know, it could be Elijah Mitchell this year. I, I kind of think it is, but Trey Sermon's still kicking around. Jeff Wilson's still there, who's always, like, their backup and ends up playing a bunch and starting a bunch of games. So yeah, uh, why not get in the mix here in the middle of the second round? Again, it's a running back who um, – I think was a third round pick and Trey Sermon was a third rounder last year. So maybe that doesn't mean much for the Niners, but coming out of LSU, big body. We all know Chubb. Maybe, maybe he gets like a goal line type of role, but yeah, mostly, mostly just the Niner connection here for Gooch. Yeah. The Niner connection for Gooch seems every year the Niners have a new running back that gets the majority of the work and then there's an injury and then someone else comes in and then something injury and someone else comes in. It's just a revolving door. Uh, Gooch loves it like that. So he's got to get in on the, uh, he's got to get in on that uh, fun there. So he goes with the, the running back in San Francisco. And of course, if he doesn't, then he's not a fan, right? Right. Exactly. If he, if he doesn't pick Tyrion Davis Price here, he's just fake and doesn't love the Niners. But he's got back-to-back picks here, so maybe he picks Tyrion with his second of these picks. But uh, here at two oh, what are we at six? We haven't taken David Bell out of Purdue, former teammate of my guy Rondell Moore. But David Bell was had a lot of production in Purdue. He was pretty highly touted. Like if you go back and look at early look-aheads. Uh, like around this time last year, David Bell would have been in like the the tier right after big guys, Wilson, Burks, London, all that. So he he had kind of a down year last year and goes to the Browns where he may or may not have uh, Deshaun Watson this year. But as long as Deshaun Watson's suspension from the NFL isn't forever, isn't indefinite, he will eventually have a good quarterback. He is pretty talented. He's kind of a smaller receiver, um, not the fastest guy. So physical kind of compares to like an Anquan Bolden, which is, which is pretty cool. I, I, I mean, like Anquan Bolden had great years. So again, at this point in the second round, it's just kind of a high upside guy with a good pedigree and potentially uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the league uh, at some point. Yeah, for some reason, I've heard more about David Bell than I have some of these guys I, I, from some of the other reports and shows and whatnot out there. I can like he could be a real sneaky diamond in the rough kind of pick here. Just again, like you said, whatever happens with Watson, then I mean, he's clearly a good quarterback, but uh, and then you know, you got Amari and Peoples, and I feel like there's just a lot of open competition there for the receiving options in Cleveland so and I think initial out of some of those earlier mini camps and OTAs he was getting a lot of praise so maybe he's uh, going to be a late round uh, good steal uh, and uh, yeah I mean, yeah. I mean like yes <laughs> I'm biased I like the small guys from Purdue but he like you said the camp reports early on with that like he had not dropped the pass at all in live drills and, and just like the jugs and whatever like so his hands were really steady and to your point about Amari and Donovan Peoples-Jones I mean they are going to be the outside guys so David Bell kind of fits into that slot role that Jarvis Landry vacated 
So I, I like that. I mean, I think he could do well there, especially since he's not the fastest. Like he's just going to um, work in that middle area, use his physicality and strength and, you know, probably some PPR value, maybe nothing major, but I like him. Yeah. All right. Now we go from Gooch back-to-back picks to Ben back-to-back picks. And uh, when we talk about guys who are not going to be familiar with these names, I think Ben's one of them. Yeah. And Ben's not listening. So I can, I can say that. So uh, I think he goes uh, first Taekwon Thornton, Thornton, Thor- Thornton um, on the Patriots. He was a second round pick fast guy out of Baylor. Uh, we've, we've seen that movie before. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have much faith in him, especially on a Patriots offense. That's not high powered, even though Mac Jones is pretty good. They're still not like slinging the ball all over. But, you know, it's a high draft capital receiver on, on a team that uh, you'd kind of know and, yeah, just measurables and whatever. Uh, again, it could be anyone here at this point, uh, back half of the second round, but that's my guess for Ben. <laughs> Anything you have on Taekwon Thornton? Literally nothing. All right. <laughs> Moving on. So I think the next pick for Ben, again, we're not, we're, we're at a point to where uh, these are all pretty much dart throws, but Ben actually does have a need on this team for tight end. I think it looks like he's going to end up starting Cole Komet, who we did talk about recently, who, you know, maybe volumes his way into a productive season, but I don't think is that high upside. So I think Ben here in the second round, you know, filters rookie tight ends, and sees Trey McBride, who was, if not the first draft tight end, the second, was one of the best prospects for tight end coming out and is like the heir apparent to Zach Ertz in Arizona. Okay. And very well could play this year if Zach Ertz gets hurt, which is very likely. So um, just takes a shot, tries to find his tight end in the future here. Maybe if someone drops a tight end that kind of is getting good camp hype, maybe he picks them instead. But I think Ben does need to address tight end at some point, and why not here? Yeah, if you've got a need in this middle section, you either you're you're yeah you're going for it here on the I don't think anyone would pick this that you didn't need it. So if Ben needs a tight end, uh, you got and you got the back to backs where where's the point where these players are, you know, definitely not going to be known by Ben. I mean, I you know I definitely don't know him, but. Yeah, if he needs a tight end, go get it. If he if he's being billed as potential uh, replacement in Arizona, and Arizona's an high-powered offense, you know, if Ertz goes down, uh, or if you know whatever happens with the receivers, if they need to put out, I don't know anything about Trent McBride, but if he's, you know, uh, the tight the new wave of tight ends where they can they're basically receivers, then you know maybe he gets a little bit playing more playing time. We can see what. You know, you've got that, but you know, that's kind of where you're at with these picks. You're just, yeah. You've got to make the pick, or someone's got to make the pick, and someone's got to get drafted. So you're just, these are going to just go shooting off the board. And, you know, the majority of them are probably going to be years away, if ever. So, yeah. Like you said, this is a little bit more of a shallow draft class. Like I think last year we were looking at names and we were even. Uh, I don't exactly remember, but I think we were pretty excited still about some of these like late second rounders for like their role and opportunity and where they were coming from. So yeah, I love yeah you hit it. I love that you say that. This is this is a very shallow draft. I mean, I think 
we were in the second round last last year. We were that's where there's there was there's no quarterbacks really right now either that we're talking about. Yeah. And last year, I think if I'm mistaken, I got Fields in the second. I think Matt got Matt Jones in the second. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, Ben Ben took Lawrence Trey Lawrence in the first. So I think Trey Lance was in the second as well. So yeah, quarterbacks were were going way earlier than last year's draft, and then yeah, pushing a lot of position players down too. So and we just don't have that this year, right? These, I mean, you could really make the case that after you know the top fifteen picks, you're probably drafting guys that aren't going to even. <laughs> Very likely. So why are we talking about them? I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to. Um, we are at the point, I think, where people are starting to fade. So we'll wrap it up here. We've only got four picks left. And only one of the guys in that group listened to this show. So, Jimbo, this is for you at pick 2-9. You picked a wide receiver in the first round in our mock. So think you target running back here. And one of the better fun guys left is Brian Robinson yes. on, on the Washington Commanders out of Alabama. Third round pick. Rumors are that he's gonna like be the goal line back, even though Antonio Gibson is like a great goal line back and scored double digit touchdowns in two years back to back. But uh, apparently Washington hates him, probably because he can't stay healthy. So Brian Robinson, one of the probably better handcuffs, or at least like middle of the pack handcuffs that you can get in yep. fantasy this year. And yeah, I mean Alabama running back pedigree is pretty pretty good. Even for those guys that weren't like the high end, like Derrick Henry, Najee Harris types. So yeah, I mean, again, you need running backs on your roster. This is one of the better guys left, and yeah, this guy, you know, I actually know the name coming from Alabama, and that Commanders backfield is a little not what it was the last two years, where you know I was all over Gibson, and he's clearly not going to be what we thought he was going to be uh so yeah i like it i like this pick for i like this pick for jimbo i wouldn't be surprised if even brian robinson doesn't make it there you know yeah, i think i would be surprised some of these picks that were coming before and if people are paying attention or doing a little bit more research they might come off of you know some of the picks that we just mentioned in the last like five picks but if it falls this way for jimbo i think it'd be a really good uh, really good option for him to be able to, to scoop up uh, Robinson, who may very well be the guy in the back half of this year if Gibson is hurt or just doesn't continue to produce. And, you know, they've got McKissick there in the passing game. And so this could be one of those, this could be the Gibson of, you know, a couple of years ago where didn't Matt get him in like the second or third? Yeah, made a trade and so really cashed out. Maybe you just you fall into you know, the Washington backfield for a couple of years and helps you out what you what for your team. So yeah, there you have it. Next pick is Wade at 210. And we're just going for the guys that were not as highly touted and maybe aren't in good positions, but uh, team-wise, but we're highly drafted. So you've got to factor that in, right? Like teams are going to be invested in at least giving them some playing time. So I have where we have Wade taking Wandale Robinson, a little short guy out of Kentucky, but you know, a lot of all purpose yards, really fast gadget type guy. The added wrinkle here is Wade also has Kenny Galladay and 
Kadarius Tony. So he just locks up whoever is the the Giants like number one, especially with like the rumors around Kadarius Tony last year. So I think it's a fit. Again, it's another another way to just cash in on the the upside of a highly drafted player who has some talent. He might be too small, kind of like his cousin Rondale, Rondale and Wandale. But <laughs> um, that's the best. Wandale and Rondale. Just a couple of tiny speedsters hoping to make their way. Hoping to make their way. Yeah, I think that's a decent pick enough for Wade, and who knows if it actually happens. Doug at 211 also doesn't listen, so he probably won't do this, but I think with his limited draft capital, where his team's at now, he needs to he needs to finally buy in the summer of handcuffs. Okay, Hassan Haskins here, who looks like he's going to back up Derrick Henry. Big body guy out of Michigan. One of the closer things to Derrick Henry that you could find. So I think that's why the Titans drafted him, and he would be in line for um, at least like 70% of Derrick Henry's work if Derrick Henry were to miss time again. So, again, with, with the options here, nothing too great. Doug just goes summer of handcuffs, tries to insulate himself for his run this year. Yeah, when you're in these late picks, when all else fails, go summer of handcuffs. Even if it's not your handcuff, go try to get someone else's handcuff. Yeah, and then you could trade with the idea of summer of handcuffs to that other person. Even though they're not going to listen, you can still try it. Exactly. Wrapping up our long random person mock, Jimbo at 212. I think this is another guy that could go earlier, especially with the people in our league, but um, might not be that well-known of a name, uh, Jalen Tolbert out of some random like little school, but he's, he was drafted by the Cowboys in the third or the fourth round. And as we know, there is room or, or there is opportunity for someone behind CD lamb, behind Dalton Schultz while Michael Gallup is out uh, recovering from his ACL tear. So is it rookie Jalen Tolbert? Is it kind of like, cast off James Washington? Is it someone else? Who knows? But Tolbert, um, like if you, there's a picture I saw of him that was really reminiscent of like the DK Metcalf, AJ Brown picture a couple years ago. Oh, He's yeah. just like super ripped guy, okay. uh, super athletic, and is on a high-powered, high-passing volume Cowboys offense. So High-passing volume offense. Jimbo is a homer with the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah. The, the flyer there and with the injuries and the uncertainty and then my prediction that CD might not be the guy that uh, maybe Tolbert just comes in there and is gangbusters all over the place. Yeah. But again, after like two – like the whole second round really could just be any of these guys in any order – yeah, um, but it's fun to mock. It's fun to kind of like see where these guys might fall. And again, I do it as an exercise to see like, is there someone that I want that I can like try to get into the second round if they fall, or even if I think they're going to go soon, like, should I make a move and get them because I'm a believer? I don't know. I don't know if I even have any uh, juice left to try and trade into that. Um, but again, it's a fun exercise. And we needed to have this episode to prepare for the draft, uh, even though Brandon might throw a curveball and move it on us. Yeah, that's the biggest news. If the draft is starting, what, on Sunday? Yeah. 
then uh, we needed to go through and kind of get some of these names. I needed to get some of these names in my brain. Uh, maybe it'll cause some people to look a little bit further down the draft boards and see who's who's even out there to be drafted past you know the the bigger names uh, in that first round. So yeah, like I said, fun exercise, and it's gearing up towards our draft, which is probably going to take you know at least a week, and that gets us right into the heart of training camp, and then first preseason game so we really got to see what these players are made of what they're showing you know if there's any injuries if there's good good reports bad reports and then start to see what they do in the preseason uh it's going to be really really exciting and fun and you know this is coming sneak show we we follow a little bit of a timeline we had to hit you with the mock draft and uh that's uh what we did now and for all of you who don't listen uh start listening and for all of our listeners who are listening hope you enjoyed it Hope you liked uh, what we're talking about here. It's really exciting. Uh, again, it's not as years pass, we got this a little bit more of a shallow draft. So, you know, you're kind of getting into players that are kind of like, huh, you really have to kind of dig deep, see what they've done in college, where they landed, where they were drafted, where they landed specifically competition wise. But uh, maybe some of these guys in these late seconds will, you know, show out in training camps and have really good preseasons. And then you can start to feel a little bit better about some of them. And that's, the whole point right mm-hmm. yeah well again thanks everyone for listening get your keepers set before the draft and you know if you feel like there's a name that we missed that's like a surefire second rounder let us know send us that that name that player why you like them so much or if there's someone you're like why would taekwon thornton be in the second round in a draft like let us know that too so that we can let you know that you're wrong <laughs> Yeah, let us know if we're wrong, and then we will uh, let you know you're wrong. It's just a bunch of people telling the people who well, why they're wrong. Isn't that the essence of friendship, though? <laughs> the essence of friendship. Exactly. I know we're going to be hit with all that hardcore stuff as we get further along here, but that's why we do this thing. We do this because of the love of the game, love of fantasy football, love of our friends, and uh, there you have it, folks. All right, guys, until next time, love you and bye. to make it sound like I knew what I was talking about. We'll see. <laughs>